Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by Charlotte Mizuki. Uh, after dropping 20 kilograms, she became inspired to become a fitness coach and set up LifeSpark Studio in 2012. LifeSpark Studio helps women improve their lifestyles and successfully navigate their weight loss journey. After six years of running a fitness business, she is now a fitness business mentor for many aspiring fitness instructors, personal trainers, and studio owners. She shows them how to use online marketing to grow their offline businesses. Teaching through demonstration, she created Tempo Fit, a Singapore fitness brand, which she is spreading to seven countries in the next two years using what she teaches to her clients. I've asked her to join us here today so we can all improve our online marketing skills a little more. Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great. Thank you for having me. I know it took it took uh, you know for the listeners. Usually, when we set up a, an appointment with someone to do a call, it runs seamlessly. But poor Charlotte, she's been such a good sport. She had some trials and errors, and and even a no show where I wasn't here and she was. So we're finally getting this done. Whoop whoop! All right, just goes to show that determination really does pay off. So, now Charlotte. Before we get into this, I know you and I know a bit about your background, but how did you get started in business? Like, do you come from an entrepreneurial family? You know, was it encouraged in your household? Did you have previous businesses? You know, how did you become an entrepreneur? Um, I think I'm pretty much influenced by my family background. So uh, most of the family members, my uncles, my father, my my mom, they are considered entrepreneurs. They are hawkers. They are store owners. They some of them do businesses in Vietnam. So so from young, I see um, I see a like a influence around me to do something for myself when I grew up. So I was uh, when I first started as a very small uh, entrepreneur mindset was when I'm in my um, 18s. So I started off with you know crafting out simple stationery and ultimately I have a small little store right uh, in the neighborhood. So that's where my very first entrepreneurship started. So I find it a joy. I mean back then I was really young. I do not know about financing the business, growing the business. But what I do is I just wanted to serve the needs of my people because I serve in church and I have friends that wanted to buy the stationery. So I was there sourcing, you know, where can I find all this and consolidate <laughs> in a small little store? Right. And then I can sell it to my classmate. I can can, can uh, package everything up and sell it to the church mate as well. So that was a very small business to start off my entrepreneurship. And from that on, uh, it spins off with a lot of stuff going around in my head, <laughs> you know, when I'm studying <laughs> and when I'm heading out to work, I was constantly thinking that, wow, you know, it's really fun, you know, but I, I'm lagging off, you know, what is really business, business. <laughs> what mm. I'm doing is just like, you know, buy and sell, buy and sell. That's not much of a strategy. Right, yeah. right, right, right. You're true. That's true. Now, you are still engaged in business. That's still business, but I understand what you mean. It's not, it, it, maybe it's not a scalable model. Maybe it's not designed to help you achieve your goals and dreams. So what were some of the big challenges that you've, or, or aha moments you've had in your business career? Um, I'm running Life Sparks for the past uh, six years. So, I mean, the, the aha moment that I have is like, finally, I own a place of my own, uh, taking out savings and your sweat, your blood, and you put all the efforts in it. And finally, when, you know, when you first open the, the studio, you'll be like, oh my God, no, I really did it. And you see people supporting you and believing in what you do. That is really the moment that you 
all the entrepreneurs will want that moment. And of course, you know, you face a lot of challenges along the way. You realize things that you know and you do not know. <laughs> and you have to cross all the obstacles to in order to sustain your journey. So I, I believe that a lot of entrepreneurs come from a like uh, a, a, a type of uh, mo- emotion, you know. Sometimes you just think that you want to do it. And just do it without uh, really thinking through how you're gonna finance your business, how you're gonna grow it, how you're gonna spread the words. So I I think that is the type of struggles that is going through. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Very cool. So um, in the beginning, you say you just got your own space. So in the beginning, you didn't have your own space. Is that true? You had to share space, or uh, how did it operate? Like that sounds like a big milestone. In the beginning, it was. And I guess when you were a kid, you were just kind of buying and selling and hanging out, but you didn't necessarily know what you were doing. You were just kind of making some extra money and it worked out well. So how did that knowledge progress, I guess? Like what were, were there different levels? Like if you're now, say you're a level 10 entrepreneur, Mm. what was level two? What was level four? What was level six for you? Like first you had to figure out this, then you had to figure out that. Yes. So I think when I first started was just a, a, a coach, you know, just a freelance coach going around covering classes and, you know, mm. going around to the clubhouse, to uh, some of the community center, asking them, you know, do you want to hire me as a coach? I could provide such services and helping you up to grow your classes. So I started from there. So without any fixed cost, I'm just there to teach and make a name for myself. So um, I think that step is the most important piece of your business. You have to craft out a branding for your own, you know, because you are mm-hmm. the main person that people actually look upon to. You know, you are the founder, mm-hmm. you are the business owner. So my step number one was to get myself out there. Uh, gain the skills and experience to know how to run the class, how to grow certain programs um, for people. So um, after accumulating about a year, you know, I make a name for myself. People know me. I have a pool of clients and a huge amount of followers. So I started to think, you know, I should get a place of my own. You know, so this mm. is why we went to the next step. But of course, this big jump means a lot of things. You need to get venue. There's rental cost coming in. You know, you need to do about mm. uh, more about marketing. So there is a lot of things going through. And um, back then, I make the mistake of I thought that it's gonna be easy. You know, I thought that you know by <laughs> shifting from just a coach, I'm able to teach. I'm able to do stuff. I can just own a business. So when we first opened the studio, I was like a one-man show, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm the receptionist, I'm the cashier, I'm the coach, you know. I'm the person that people look upon to when they want to sign up for packages. And then uh, back at home, I have to do the admin, I have to do the, mm-hmm. uh, the database, and then I blast out a newsletter. So I was doing everything on my own, and this really drained me out. So after uh, one or two years, I started to rethink that is, is this really the way to run the business because I get so tired. And uh, of course, along the way, I hire some of the people. I also groom up, inspire some of the students to become coaches so that they, mm. they can help me with the classes. So this is the type of model I have been going on. And I think it's good um, because I inspire more people who want to step into the industry. And they started from ground zero, right? You have to become a coach, mm. you have to go through the path. And then they will start to think whether to become, become an entrepreneur. Maybe they want to become a business owner. So everyone is going through the same journey. So 
But still, you know, in 201, uh, 314, I was still lagging on the marketing skill. You know, I'm just using uh, a very traditional way of running the business, giving out flyers, <laughs> go down to the mag, mm. you know, going to the newspaper, you know, and I'm spending so much money. It's like few thousand of dollars every time that you need to put something out there. And you don't even know that is if anybody is reading it, is anybody is really yeah. taking the papers and coming to your premises. So I'm 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 able to track that. There's no way I can track the traction of the magazine, the newspaper. You know, I can only through word of mouth and uh, feedbacks. So, you know, I'm trying to ask the student, hey, where do you, you know how do you came to know about us? How do you get the mm-hmm. con-? because back then Facebook is still, you know not that prominent you know it's just a right. way that we connect with friends and it's not the, a, a, a platform that we runs a lot of uh, uh, even live show don't come back then you know live show only kicks in on in 2015 where it starts to come alive in Facebook so in 2013 I was really struggling <laughs> with a lot of stuff so um, in 2015, I, I met Janisha. So she's the founder of Soul Rich Woman. So she started off with Facebook Live. That, so that is the, the aha moment. I was like, oh, wow, you know, this, maybe this woman is going to help me because she was sharing about her journey, how she's going to help we, women entrepreneurs. So she's very focused. So I think as a women entrepreneur, I need help. I need someone mm-hmm. out there that is making use of the online platform now to run the business. So I start to shift my mindset. Of course, I still have the traditional way of uh, running business, just like my mm-hmm. uncles and my families, you know, they're just doing buy and sell <laughs> and uh, doing a lot of collaboration with other organizations. So there I was, I wanted to be the first one to explore this. So I hired her as my personal mentor and we went through a lot of sessions on um, what is the online world now, what is the marketing strategies and all that. So that's where I stepped into the whole realm of uh, online and Mm. that's where I get started, yeah. That's awesome. And so how have you been using it in your business? Has it been helpful? Like what has been working? What are you doing that you weren't doing before? Yeah, so I think Facebook Live is something, a big step in my life. So getting online and showing people what you are doing <laughs> on a like a alien platform, you don't even know who is watching because it's on public mode. Right. So that is really a very big step uh, because from somebody, you know, that is hiding behind the scene, I don't really want people to know me, know me in the sense that really know what I'm doing back at home and uh, talking about, mm-hmm. re- about my feelings, about my skill, about my experience. But I really open up myself. And I think the big step to do that um, really grow the business like almost a double time. Yeah, because overnight, over the few episodes, people start to uh, know that, you know, I actually do a lot more stuff than just being a fitness coach. Because back then, Mm. even I have a studio, nobody really, really know, like, I'm a studio owner and I do a lot of stuff. They only know that I'm a Zumba instructor, I'm a Biloxing instructor. That's it. And then you run a small little studio. They didn't know that, you know, I'm there mentoring people. I actually inspire so many students to become coaches. So through a lot Mm. of topics and interaction with the people in Facebook Live and the episode went on live on a a viral way, that really helps to put your branding out there. And, you know, Mm. because it's on a replay mode, people get to see you or hear you anywhere they are. 
you know, they need not be there right at the moment that you're doing live, but they can definitely hear it out whenever they are free or chance upon your um, website or Facebook. So that is really a big step. Mm. Mm. Now, is there a method? Like you just said, you're doing Facebook Lives. Do you do any targeting? Is there a format that you follow in your Facebook Lives? I mean, are you just getting on and talking about XYZ? How are you monetizing it? How are you turning a Facebook Live into money? Yeah. Is what I'm asking. So, yeah, for Facebook Live, so what we do definitely, we strategize our Facebook Live. We go with a targeted topic that we want to speak to one person. So, I'm trying to address to that particular person that I want to target for the topic. So, for example, I really want to help uh, uh, women out there to lose weight. So, I'll be working on the topic that, you know, how to uh, get fit and lose some weight in, uh, in three ways, the top three ways to do that. So when I do that, the live show will have a link that we have already set up a funnel. So we call it a funnel, an online platform that I make use of lead pages, Infusionsoft. So these are the marketing tools that I have learned uh, and helping me to create that type of uh, uh, funnels for the, the listeners and the consumer to flow through. So if they are really keen in that, you know, that is where we will speak through the live show. You know, you're going to click on that link. You're going to read on more information and you can engage me for on the, over a phone, uh, engage me over a face-to-face consultation or even purchase something, you know, purchase a class. So these are the strategy that we have. And mm. um, of course, uh, all the live shows right now, I also have my um, staff helping me to break it down to uh, a one-minute show. So maybe we are speaking it for 20 minutes, but she's able to capture the you know the essential key points uh, of the topic and summarize it within a 10 seconds or 30 seconds or within a minute show. And we run it on Instagram, on Facebook, using the Facebook ads itself. So we target uh, and then we retarget people that is really keen in this topic. And there they was, you know, they were going to fall through the funnels again. So that is how I monetize through all my platform. That's awesome. So let me just clarify this. So you've got a list and a following and you'll hop on a Facebook Live and you'll do like a 20-minute Facebook Live video for them. But you have someone who's paying attention to what you're doing and saying and takes the timestamp and notes of, key things like, oh, that was good. Oh, that was good. That was good. And then they take the video and you can edit the video and condense it into like a bite-sized snippet that's a minute long. And then you pay to advertise this on Instagram and Facebook, targeting new people who don't maybe know, like, or trust you to bring them into your following. Is that accurate? Yes, correct. You got it. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. So that's extremely powerful. What a great way. So you talk and you're just communicating and sharing with your existing users and you're breaking it down and and really turning it into something that's powerful, bite-sized. Now, when you share the Facebook ads, are you driving the traffic to like you on social media or you're driving it to your web page to buy something? Is it is it just depend? What's kind of your de facto, what's your standard kind of process? Yeah. So the most um, standard process that we have is we make use of uh, lead pages like a landing page. Mm-hmm. So th- th- we will always ask them to land on a landing page because the landing page will have most of the information. So from the landing page, they can either click to buy, click to schedule appointment or um, driving them through my website again to book classes. So because the booking system only happens in the website. So these are the few options that uh, we have uh, designed our landing page. So And that is really powerful because I can see clicks almost every day, 
every seconds and uh, people you know because there is different different type of episode and topics going around so it really depends Mm, mm. Mm. No, that's fine. I think that's fantastic. That's great. So, okay. Love that. So now, now that you've used that and you said that it's grown your business almost overnight, are, does most of your traffic come through paid or social? What are some of the best performing traffic activities for you in growing your business? Um, best performing traffics, um, do, do you mean a certain ads or... Well, yeah, like is it – so do you track – because you said that you're spending money on ads. Mm. So are you tracking the ROI? Like if you spend $100 on ads, do you know that, oh, that $100 turned into $2,000? Are you doing – you're obviously doing a combination of things. You're doing partnerships maybe with other people. You're, you're promoting on social media. I guess I was wondering if you knew which one was working the best. Yeah, I I would think that you know those ads that is um, uh, using a video ads is really helping me a lot, and of course the uh, one of the best performing one would be the one that we actually capture a small sixty seconds uh, snippet of our live class in the studio. So and it's really engaging, and people are commenting and clicking, and so. And the thing that I spotted about this um, particular uh, video ads that is going uh, for almost two years now, the per click and impression that I incur for one impression is about a cent. So, yeah. So this is really powerful because I keep my ads really low. And I, yeah. And the way that I have uh, zoomed in and really narrowed down to, you know, I'm just targeting at just one particular uh, group of consumer that is going to be really keen in this uh, activity. So, um, and that's very powerful. And um, we are generating, you know, for every 10 clicks, I can see perhaps two people that purchase it. And uh, for this particular one, every transaction is about 50 USD. So I, I pretty think that it's a, mm. really a great ROI over there, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, you're paying. That's great. So every 10 clicks turns into a sale, Yeah. you know? And so, yeah, you basically have a license to print money. And now it's just about scaling it up, which is fantastic. Yes. So do you feel that anything was ever holding you back? Like now you're in a great position where you're spending a lot of money and you're, you know, you're in a, a in a really powerful, controlled position for your business, where you're able to spend money and make it back. And basically, you're doubling your money down, or or better. What do you feel? Do you feel that anything held you back on that path? Was there a mental issue you had to work through? Was it just the skills and the know-how? Was it technology? What was one of the bigger obstacles for you? I think the bigger obstacles is still um, some of the mindset. Um, I have my mentor, Janisha, with me. So, and um, of course, now we are scaling up. Um, right now, um, she's helping me to craft out my own branding online, which is Tempo Fit. So, this is something that is um, really different from uh, growing just a studio business or a traditional business. So, this is something really uh, different that she wanted me to do. So, Tempo Fit is something that is not going to just be offline classes. It's going to be online. It's going to be an online academy. Me and you're going to reach out to people uh, in the online world. So the way that she have uh, mentored me to craft it out, I think there is a lot of uh, mindset that I couldn't break through because I keep 
wanting to go back to my old way, you know. No, I don't think we can mm. do this. And that is not the usual way that the fitness studio is running. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes it's the mindset that is blocking me. I couldn't believe that uh, the online work kept, could, could run this way. So, I mean, I, st- I, I strongly believe in how the online marketing has been helping me. But at times, you no, know, I still have my concern. <laughs> the way that mm-hmm. we structure, the way that we words, the way that we market ourselves. So, yeah, so this, mm. are, this is a thing that I have to cross over. <laughs> and what was some of the best advice that you think you've gotten so far that's helped you with, those cha- with this challenge? I think the best advice that I've gotten would be to be on top of my business and not be involved in the day-to-day operation of the business. So because over the past few years, I have been really, you know, mining my head down, coaching and doing all the things myself. I'm not on top of the business looking at a strategy, how I'm going to link from the consumer looking at the ads, you know, going to the funnels, how how you're going to retarget them and you're going to service them on, on top of the business. You know, I was there serving them on the ground. So I think, you know, this is the biggest advice that I have. I have to be on top. And this year, um, I have tried to do that. I leave myself on from teaching all the classes. I only kept about two classes in a week to uh, mm. yeah, to teach my regulars for their supports and stuff. So, And I can see tremendous growth again in the business because right now is you have one person looking at it and telling people that I need this. I need this video to be done. I need this picture to be out. I need this poster to be out. So, and that is a very big difference versus you are doing it yourself. Yeah, right. because my time is limited. It's like uh, people have been telling me, you only have 24 hours in a day, you know, and you want to do so many things at the same time. How are you going to grow this business on a, you know, a larger scale? You're not going to do that. You know, you're not going to right. become, <laughs> you know, you're not, not going to have 48 hours, you know. So you definitely have to leverage on people that are good at certain things and not do everything yourself. So that is why now delegation, delegation, delegation is the way. Mm. Mm. I agree. One of my mentors said, delegate as much as you can. So you're calling the shots, analyzing the stats and copywriting. And that was in the offline business where the copy was things like writing the ads, writing the opt-in page, writing the follow-up news, the welcome message, writing the, hey, would you consider coming, you know, referring a friend, like writing that stuff, the marketing pieces, those those technical, because if it's just content, you can have a university student or even a high school student sometimes create that content stuff, but certain interactions you really want to manage yourself. And so, you know, when you look up entrepreneur in the dictionary, what it says is a person who organizes a business or businesses. What it doesn't say is a person who answers the phone, mops the floor, does the bookkeeping, you know, makes the sales, delivers the product. It's about organizing a way, organizing a place and a staff and a system and a facility to provide a result for the person with the problem, the customer. And then at the end, the money that you make from that being so much, you know, you can pay everyone and then have some left over for yourself. It's not about doing it all on your own. And in the beginning, you do it all on your own because how a lot of us start, you know, that's where we're at. We got to get it all done and we got to do it, you know, but then you try to move forward and and focus on higher level stuff. They say if you want to make $100 an hour or $1,000 an hour, don't do $5 an hour work. Have somebody else do that. And probably a big reason why people don't do that is they have issues delegating and managing other people. And so they just end up doing it themselves. But what you have to understand is that if you want to elevate and rise as a business owner, an entrepreneur, you have to develop those skill sets. Those are growing pains you have to go through. 
right? You can't constantly be doing the $5 an hour work if you want to run a company that makes you $1,000 an hour for your time. It just doesn't work that way. So it's it's definitely not an easy thing to progress through, but it sounds like you're doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, do you feel any habits? Have you developed any habits that have like new habits from before to now that you're, you know, that you feel like you're having these strings of success? I, I think being disciplined and consistent mm-hmm. in, um, in, in your goals. Yeah, because I used to be all over the place. I don't plan my 24 hours. I was like doing my lead page, doing my infusion stuff and um, doing the website, creating poster. I was all over the place. So when I'm on top of the business right now, I really plan out what I'm going to do within my 24 hours of my time. So I even craft out like I discipline myself and tell myself I even want to have at least an hour of a personal workout on my own, even though I teach. So this is a type of thing that I have cultivated. I wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning. I head out at 6. I reach my gym at 7. And then I head down to my office. I still work a 9 to 5 job. So 9 o'clock, I'm in front of my computer in the office. And I work through. 6 o'clock, I off work. I rush down back to the studio. I take a look at uh, if I have classes, I'll be there. If not, I'll be doing uh, some of the uh, marketing stuff and um, handling some of the questions from the students. So, and I will, I'll be coming back here. I'll be spending time on talking to my mentor. I'll be doing podcast interviews, you know. And I, I try to make full use of my 24 hours in a meaningful way that is going to drive and, you know, be consistent in my goals to grow the business and not doing stuff that doesn't matter so i think discipline and being consistent is the way to go and i cultivate this and it's helping me really really a lot in the Mm. yeah in the past few months Mm, 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 mm. excellent so now um what do you recommend to people who are starting out and struggling I think if you are starting out and you are struggling, you know, look around for a mentor or someone that have been through that, you know, really, you know, listen to them. You know, I, I think it's really a good way to listen to people who have done that. You know, even podcasts like your platform, it will be a very, very good way for them to start off with because sometimes we just have that pops of ideas we wanted to do that and halfway through we are stuck just like myself i was stuck and i was really really hoping that someone would be there you know telling me that it's going to be okay and this is what you're going to tweak so you know many of the time i think entrepreneur um we get so emotion (laughs) we thought that we're not going to make it and people mm-hmm. who don't know you, they are just your f- normal friends. They are not entrepreneurs. So when people start to be around you and saying that perhaps you should go back to your workplace, you know, you drop the idea, it's not going to work, you know, surround yourself with positive people. So I think if they are struggling, they are wanting a breakthrough, I think talking to someone and listening to some um, podcast will really, really help them. Mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. To get some knowledge, surround yourself with like-minded people, set some goals, um, put some pressure on yourself. I think that's a good one too. Yes. You know, like for you, you, you take on more than you can choose. Try to uh, chew. Try to rise up to the uh, to the obligations. I think sometimes people avoid pressure. They avoid responsibility. They avoid those deadlines, and that prevents them from making any progress. You know, they don't want the stress, but that sometimes is where the growth comes from. So I think that's a really, really, really good point. Yeah. Where do you think the future of your industry is going? 
the um, with regards to fitness industry, um, mm. I would think that you know, right? I'm, I mean, I, I don't, I cannot say about uh, what's happening um, in the other regions, but right now in Singapore, it's a big market because the government is in full support for a healthier lifestyle. So everywhere you go in Singapore, you can find classes. They even provide mm. free classes and complimentary classes in the parks, gardens, malls, you know, even shopping malls, you can find classes. Mm. Yeah. So they are in full support. But, you know, having said that, um, that's why we have a lot of studios springing up. We have new craft art programs coming in. And, um, but, you know, Singapore is that small. <laughs> Singapore is that small. And right. yeah, so if you want to play big, you want to bring your branding out there, we definitely do not want to be confined uh, within Singapore. That's why I, uh, with the help of Soul Rich Woman, we are targeting um, around the Asia, Southeast Asia and going to Asia. So going around to seven countries, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines. So these are the region that we want to expand on and tap on the market. And yeah, so this is the path that we are targeting. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's expanding. It's really where the future is for you. It's expanding. And there's healthy lifestyle is really big in Singapore. There's a ton of competition. Something that's awesome, though, and I want to point this out, because a lot of times people are afraid of competition. They want to go where no one else is. But often competition is just a sign that people are making money. It's a sign that a tour bus has pulled up and it's unloaded all these tourists and they're hungry and they're looking for food options. And you just want to be one of the vendors lined up. You know, you want to try to be better than the rest, of course, but you don't want to be where there's no people. You want to be there where the competition is. You just want to be one of the best options, if not the best option, because you're not going to get all the customers. But if there's no one there, if there's no competition, then the likelihood of you having a successful business is slim to none. So that's something that I think is really important. Where you are, it sounds like competition is getting fierce. There's a lot of uh, these schools coming up. But the beautiful thing is that if you thrive and succeed and can survive there, and then you go to somewhere where there's not as many comp 